listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. All right, thanks for tuning in here to NL Newsday. It's now 422, and that means it's time for the April edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall. It's brought to you by the Vic Downtown. You'll want to stay a while. I host this on the last Wednesday of each month where I'm joined by a Kamloops City Councilor to take your questions and hopefully provide a few answers. Maybe you have questions about roads in the city, maintenance, or recent discussions around a dangerous goods route and the need for a new river crossing in the coming years. Whatever is on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. You can give me a call at 250-374-5345 and we'll get your question asked and answered. Now this month it is April and that means I'm pleased to welcome to the program now the Deputy Mayor for this month and Kamloops City Councilor, Dieter Duty. Dieter, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and do this. I really appreciate it, and I think it's a great opportunity for some public engagement here. I don't know how uh, how difficult that has been over the course of the pandemic. I imagine it's been a, a real challenge to sort of reach out to individuals in Kamloops. Well, I've kind of got a bit of a, uh, an up on, on people because I do farmer's market, and as a result, I see a lot of people there and able to answer the questions while I'm there. Yeah, you just had actually the the first farmer's market of the season this past weekend, I guess, uh, since you brought it up. How did things go? It actually went quite well. It started off a little cool, but uh, as the day progressed, uh, more and more people came out. I think they just uh, felt this need to be able to get out from the confines of the home and, and uh, just mix about a bit and get some vegetables, and off they went. Awesome stuff. And you got the next one, um, or the, sorry, the Wednesday Farmer's Market. That's starting one week here from today. Uh, it runs 8.30 to 1.30. Is that street being blocked off again? Is Victoria going to be blocked off to vehicle traffic this time? I actually haven't heard, but I'm hoping so, because it certainly made for a much better market last year. It uh, created a bit of a focal point for people to come to. Yeah, I know when I was uh, taking the time to walk through there on my lunch break on some Wednesdays, it was uh, real, real busy, and it was good to see, that's for sure. So I hope that that is the case again uh, in 2021. All right, let's get to some city issues. I got a few questions that are already coming in here. So uh, I'll start with this one from uh, BL-7 on Twitter. He says, uh, when's the city going to invest some money into Riverside Sp- Riverside Park, specifically the dilapidated and sorry building called a washroom change room facility near the Splash Park there. He says it should be drawing families to the jewel of the city, but it, it feels like it's harder given the lack of care and investment. I guess, do you have any thoughts about what to, what could be done in terms of development or, or putting some money into Riverside Park here? Well, we actually took a look at this last just this last year, um, prior to the pandemic starting to begin with, and then as we went further with it, uh, the project was to replace the splash park um, because it, it is aging with, with new equipment and then also double it uh, in terms of the winter months and turning it into a skating rink using the same footprint that was there to begin with. On top of that, obviously upgrading the buildings and everything that went with it. And then, uh, you know, including in that whole project was shoring up the, um, the, the river as far as the, the diking went and that mm-hmm. to, to, to get things done now what we ended up doing was applying for a grant um for seven and a half million dollars and unfortunately we weren't successful in that grant and currently we just do not have it in our budget to be able to you know justify that type of an expense we were we went ahead with the shoring up the riverfront because that was definitely needed and that uh, that you know solves erosion problems etc next on the list of course would be to start um, fixing up the 
the buildings, ensuring that everything is up to snuff. But it, it takes time, and it has to be put in the budget. Yeah, how how much did the, the pandemic kind of set things back in that regard? Because I know there was a, a lot of good discussion around that outdoor skating rink that you mentioned, but that really hit a wall once COVID-19 came in. Yeah, but it wasn't COVID-19's fault. It was the fact that we just didn't have the money, you know, come to us mm, in the form right. of the grants. We had to go go forward with it because it wasn't included in the budget as a, a budget expense. We didn't feel it was fair to add that to the taxpayer's burden at the time. All right. Well, um, there there is the question. Hopefully, BL-7, whoever that is, you got your answer on that one. Um, I, I guess since we're on the subject, too, of Riverside Park, I know uh, there was talk, and, and you mentioned this uh, coming up in discussion last year, about opportunities for some more businesses to potentially open up at Riverside, some commercial space. I mean, this is all part and parcel of the same conversation, but, um, you know, just is there any movement to seeing some actual... Uh, business activity in the park and, and maybe invigorating a little bit more foot traffic as a result? <laughs> uh, it, you know, we would love to be able to go down that road. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of resistance to having commercial activity in the park. Yeah. So we have to be very, very careful with that. The park is, is something that is essentially protected from commercial interests. And there's a bylaw against having an actual mm-hmm. commercial sort of business there. That said, however, if it is something that lends itself to the quality of the park and the experience of the park, then it's something that we could probably be taking a look at. And so um, that would include things like rentals of bicycles or, or the e-bikes or maybe something along the lines of, uh, you know, uh, water-type toys that you could use out in, in the swimming area. Any number of things like that that would lend themselves to the experience there. But uh, rather than having somebody come out there and say, well, I'm going to sell a whole bunch of, of um, uh, hardware or things like that. That's, that's the type of stuff that you're not going to want to see there. All right. So we have to determine exactly what can or cannot go in there. Yeah, no, for for sure. Uh, I think the the bike rentals I think makes a whole lot of sense, but that'll that'll come up down the road, especially as we go through the active transportation plan and the climate action plan as well. I'm sure we'll have more questions coming up on that. But I do have one question, and we're getting close to the 4:30 news time here. But uh, someone did call just before we jumped on air and had a question, so I'll play play this one for you now. I didn't get her name, but uh, here you go. I have a question about Ajax. What's happening with it, and if we should be concerned? It's been quiet for a while. Yeah, so has there been any talk about the Ajax situation recently? I haven't heard anything in, in quite some time myself. No, there there was some noise uh, at the beginning of the year because Ajax decided that they just wanted to make sure that their office space was there um, to continue doing what it is that they're doing. There's been no application to go further with it. There, there's been nothing that indicates to us that we would uh, we would be moving ahead on this. Uh, or, or anybody would be moving ahead on this, for that matter. So I don't believe that there's anything that needs to be con- you know, that we need to concern ourselves with. All right, perfect. Yeah, I remember the whole office space issue, and that drummed up a, a lot of questions that probably weren't weren't necessarily needing to be asked at that point in time. All right, it is 4:29, so we'll take a break here for the news, Dieter. But uh, please stay with me, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. This is the uh, Radio NL Community Town Hall for the month of April. It's brought to you by the Vic Downtown. Roasted here, always fresh. If you want to participate, give me a call or a text now at 250-374-5345. More coming up after this, but right now let's get to the news. You're listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas.
All right, you're listening to the April edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown. Find them at the corner of Fourth and Victoria. Joined on the line here by Councillor Dieter Duty. He is the Deputy Mayor for the month of April. If you got a question, give me a call or a text now at 250-374-5345. All right, Dieter, you still hanging in there? Oh, I'm right here. Okay, perfect. I, I got to ask this question because uh, I, I'm surprised it took half an hour before we got one of these. But uh, the question is from Alan, and he just says, is there any plan to fix the city streets? Every year, thing, things seem to get worse and worse. I mean, that is a pretty wide open question. Uh, is there any plan to fix city streets? I would imagine there's always a plan to fix city streets. Well, it's a pretty broad question to begin with. Are we talking about potholes? Are we talking about actually taking up the old asphalt and replacing it? Are we talking about rebuilding a road? Because sometimes the bedrock is gone. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a simple answer to something like this. We do have a pothole crew that goes around on a regular basis trying to ensure that the holes are, are filled. Uh, but we rely on the public to a great extent there, too, to say, you know, we have an issue here with potholes in our neighborhood. Could you please get out here and do it? because we don't have the resources nor the amount of money to have people just float around looking for holes. We, we rely on the public to let us know where they are. As far as the streets go, they go through a, what, what is almost like a triage system. Um, and, and uh, you know, there's a formula that, that civic operations use that determine the length of, of life that should be expected on any given street. And as a result, looking at that, they determine what years they're going to be able to budget for a particular project. So, I mean, ideally, we would love to fix every street every year if we could. But again, it, it's, it comes down to how much is the public prepared to pay for all of that, too. And how many resources do we have available to us with respect to manpower and equipment, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, lots of streets and lots to fix every given year. That is for sure. Thanks so much for the question, Alan. All right, we did get a call in during the news break there as well. So I'll play that for you. It's in regards to uh, the new potential bridge that uh, has been discussed recently at Council. I just wanted to... Uh ask the question uh, this proposed bridge for Crestline um, for heavy trucks keep them out of the uh, North Shore area? The taxpayer is going to uh, brunt a lot of it and I just wondered what average citizen would um, bother going over there, fight the chip trucks the fuel trucks and the logging trucks and just to be stuck by a 200 plus car train and then end up at a choke point at a light at the end of Mission Plus. It just doesn't seem very economical for anybody from Sing Street uh, to the airport. To, uh, I'm going to take the other because it's shorter. It's going to be very, very congested and and uh, uh, a hell of a long time if one of them trains come. All right, so basically a uh, question on the new bridge for Crestline for heavy trucks. I guess he's wondering why the heck would anybody in the general population be taking that bridge if it is kind of designated to more heavy traffic? Well, it's, it's a fair enough question, but, you know, the, the point is is that it is supposed to be made for heavy traffic and primarily those that carry dangerous goods. It's also a case of where we're waiting until the population reaches about the 120,000 mark, at which point Overlanders Bridge is going to become overwhelmed, and you're going to need a second crossing. There, there's, you know, it's, it's something that we just can't deny. It's going to happen at some point. As to whether or not uh, it's going to be congested or not, I can't say. I'm, I'm no... I'm no road engineer or transportation engineer, but I think they take into account the fact that you'll have some of the traffic that's going to head up 
likely up the hill in behind on Domtar land so that they end up by the scales and are straight out onto the highways and going that way. So it's an alternate route to, to heading out to places like either up north or down to Vancouver. And and some that will be there for, for your regular irregular drivers, but he's right. I mean, who's going to go up to where Costco is just to want to go downtown? You're obviously going to have a choice with respect to the route that you take, but I think the important thing here is to recognize that that second crossing is going to be there primarily to ensure that we have safety within our neighborhoods and take that dangerous truck traffic out of there. Yeah, I imagine that uh, that's something a lot of people who kind of are, well, I mean, getting the, those heavy trucks off of those roads, I think, would be welcome news for most people. And uh, he's probably right. Why would anyone, you know, drive that way if that if they had that option? But, um, yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, appreciate yeah. that. It, Alan did have a follow-up here uh, since we were going yeah. back to uh, the whole street maintenance issue. He just wanted to say street maintenance budget in Kamloops is well below other cities. I don't know if that's true, but I guess do you have a comment in relation to our maintenance budget and, and how it compares to other municipalities in bc I, I can't i can't give you an answer off the top of my head i'd have to ask Ms. humphrey that to see where we are with respect to that uh, i don't think that we're really that far off the average uh, city of our size within the province but i can't definitively give you an answer off the top of my head on that uh, i just want to add to that though just going back to that last question because it, it it speaks to maintenance too is the fact that all that heavy truck traffic that we have on our roads is creating more damage than what just regular vehicular traffic would be doing. So that contributes to the whole thing, too. All right, perfect. I do have a texting question here from a downtown business owner. It says, uh, the downtown area has seen increases in issues involving community safety and perceptions of safety on our streets. Uh, what are your thoughts on the issue of safety in downtown Kamloops, and what municipal initiatives would you support to improve safety? I would support any initiative that goes towards safety, you know, that within our, within our purview, um, obviously. Um, yes. And, and I mean, everything's been, everything's been exacerbated by the pandemic. We've seen an increase in, in street crime. We've seen an increase in, in street activity with, with homelessness, with drug use. Um, it seems that an element has followed in that has caused, has caused problems that we never saw before. I think we've seen some migration from other centers come into us. But there is no definitive answer. I mean, all we can do is continue to work at it, lobby and partner with, with the other governments and, and agencies to try to get this under control. I've said this before that, you know, this problem has existed for many, many, many years. Um, and, 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 you know, I don't know where its beginnings came, but we, we've always had homelessness to some extent and we've always had crime on the streets. Maybe not to the extent that we see it right now, but the... The, the issue more than anything is, is that we're not going to solve the problem today. What we can at best do is manage it, and we continue to have the resources put in place to do that. What we need to do, though, is be very proactive towards the future to ensure that none of this happens again by having wraparound services in place, by having education in place for, for individuals, by looking at alternatives with respect to how we deal with uh, the drug issues, etc. So... It, it, it's not a simple answer, but I would support anything that, that I felt that was within our purview that, that would uh, help to alleviate the situation. All right. I, I do have a question coming in here from Darpan, I believe is how his name is pronounced. I'm going to play that here for you now. So there was a um, uh, motion sent to the council for conflict of interest, which uh, nobody else replied, but Arjun saying, I wanted to ask Councillor Duty. What's his reason to not reply to the email? 
and what does he think of the motion? I'm pretty sure he's read it. Thank you. All right. Did you get that, Dieter? Yeah, I got, I got that. And, and yes, I understand there was a, a, a notice of motion that was written by a public member that would come out to us, which ordinarily would be something that a, a councillor would put forth. Um, you know, the, the individual that answered it was Councillor Singh. Um, there is a protocol that we follow. And I'm, I'm not going to delve into this too, too deeply because there is a protocol that we follow and that the deputy mayor answers any of the uh, particular uh, queries that come during the month that he's there or she's there. Um, unfortunately, Councillor Singh, you know, answered before us, and, and not wrongly so. He was trying to make sure that he was answering a question. And as a result, while I was waiting for some answers from staff with regard to the question, I no longer felt the need to answer because Councillor Singh had answered. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, a follow-up question that I have here just in relation to the whole social issues in downtown Kamloops, and it goes back to uh, the security camera discussion. I know that was had during that special council meeting that you guys had uh, in relation to social issues in general, um, and it just talked about uh, introduction of security cameras on public property to enhance safety and deter inappropriate behaviors downtown, right? There was a lot of talk about the, the private businesses and the fact that maybe using their camera systems to, to help... Uh, deter some of the activity was an option that could be used but i guess there's maybe a call for a little bit more of a public system something that's actually uh you know maybe monitored and put in place by the city itself do you have any thoughts on that well it's, it's again it's not a it's not a simple answer to something because we start you know delving into human rights issues etc with regard to that private cameras are one thing because they're there to protect property and and people are able to watch that from a from a public perspective, though, if we were to put up cameras that, that are watching the public to determine whether or not we need a police presence or bylaws presence, actually starts to infringe upon the, the individual rights of, of our, our citizens. So it, it goes much deeper than just going ahead and, and budgeting for it, besides which it is very expensive. But, you know, by budgeting for that, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's more an issue of people not necessarily wanting to be filmed on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I can understand that for sure. And privacy is always something that has to be talked about in those discussions for sure. Um, I got a texting question here. don't have a name attached to it, but it basically says, uh, we have seen issues come to council that some of your colleagues suggest should be put to a referendum or further reports and studies have to be done in order to make some decisions. The question itself is, do you think it's important to make decisions as an elected official and not kick the can down the road? Um, it's a... I don't know. It's it's a bizarre question here in the sense that you know you got to do studies and stuff to make certain decisions for sure. Uh, I guess do you have any response to to the need for more studies, more reports, and the possibilities of some referendums as well? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, a lot of people have indicated that they want to have a, a stronger voice in what we do as council. However, why were we elected? Is is really the question that I would have for people? Is if you. You know, during our platform, you know, our, our election period time, and we put out platforms that indicate to people that there are certain things that we're going to be able to fight for on their behalf. And maybe sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. But the point is, is that we listen to arguments one way or the other and make a determination as a council as to what the best course of action is going to be. The only time that you would actually entertain using a referendum to make a decision is to do with money. So, uh, you know, a uh, case in point would be the, the proposed Performing Arts Center. 
where, where we were asking the public whether or not we could borrow up to $49 million towards the, you know, um, design and, and building of, of a, an art center. The reason we would use a referendum there is because the time period of the loan goes beyond five years. Uh, and, and if it had not gone beyond the five years, we would not even need to go to referendum. You do not go to referendum on simple issues that, that are out there. That is why you have a council, and that's why you elect them. It's because you, you trust them to make decisions on your behalf. If we don't make good decisions on your behalf, you know, 2022 is coming, and you have a choice at that point in time to say that we're either satisfied or not satisfied with your course of action, then you may put someone else in, or you may yourself run. But to actually bring it back to the people, then I ask you, why do you have a council? All right. I, I love the answer there, Dieter. Thanks for that. Uh, we do got to take one more break here before we finish things off. So uh, again, just for anyone out there listening, you can give us a call or a text right now at 250-374-5345. You're listening to the April edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall brought to you by the Vic Downtown Cozy Up with Another Cup. All right, Dieter, we'll be back in about three minutes. Okay, stick around. You bet. NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. All right, thanks for listening in to NL Newsday and this April edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall brought to you by the Vic Downtown. You don't need a motivational quote, you need a coffee. Feel free to chime in here, 250-374-5345. That's the number to call or text. We got about six minutes left, so not a lot of time to get your questions in. Of course, I'm joined right now by April's Deputy Mayor and Camelot Councillor Dieter Duty. All right, Dieter, uh, so I got a, a pretty good question. I really liked this question that came in there during the break, so I'm going to play it for you now. It's kind of wide-reaching, and you can take it wherever you want, but here you go. My question is, he just brought up the election in 2022. What does he think the biggest topic or issue is going to be on the top of mind for all Kamloopsians? I mean, that's pretty wide open. What do you think the biggest issue is going to be in the 2022 election? I think economic recovery is likely going to be the biggest one, along with public safety. Um, people are very concerned about both, given what we've been going through for the last year and a half with the pandemic. They're going to want to have some certainty with respect to where we're going as as far as economic conditions go and also in terms of how they feel within their community and being safe. That's, that's my feel. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, economic recovery is going to be massive as we try to work our way out of this pandemic. That is for sure. Um, I do have a question here from Trish on Facebook. It goes into the TNRD. So I'll just ask you to maybe change your hat for a quick second here, but it was in relation to Arjun Singh. He was on coffee with a counselor with uh, Howie Reimer this morning. And I know there has been some concern from the public in regards to this new TNRD board office that has to be built. Of course, it is something that is needed. I don't deny that, but I think people are concerned about the fact that COVID relief dollars may go towards the $412,000 expenditure. Um, I guess the question really is, do you think this is something that needs to be done now or could it be done in the future when we're not talking about COVID relief dollars? I think it's a nice to have. <laughs> I, I mentioned as much when we had our committee of the whole meeting the other day and said that while it, it may well be something that we, we would want to have going down the road because we are expanding in terms of, you know, staff and, 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 uh, and directors, et cetera. However, it's not something that you use COVID relief money for. 
in, in my estimation. I think we have far more important things that we need to be applying that money to. However, that said, bear in mind that if we use COVID relief money to help um, help economic uh, recovery, any number of things like that, that, those are tax dollars that aren't going to be paid there. That money could well go towards a boardroom then. But it's, it's one of those things that I feel that uh, shouldn't be top of mind. It's, it's not as important as we'd like to believe it is. I mean, you take a look at our council chambers, they're nothing compared to what the TNRD has. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. All right, back to back to city. This was a, it's more of a comment, I guess, than a question that I got from Lloyd here earlier, but I'm going to play it because I really like his idea. Well, I just was listening to what you had to say, and, uh, and Riverside Park's always been an issue, and, and so I guess we have to look at homelessness. Maybe a park could be used like that for uh, people like myself and stuff that aren't homeless, but maybe we could put on little programs, little things, uh, um, anything, welding, you know, a little, like, I don't know, volunteer. You know, and maybe maybe the city could open up the park on weekends for professionals to train the less fortunate. Yeah, I, mean, I just love the idea. Like I said, it's not much of a question, but opening up the park to be able to put on things like workshops where we could train those who are, you know, uh, housing challenged, if you will, within our community and, and maybe provide them with some skills that they wouldn't otherwise have. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, no, actually, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good idea. I mean, obviously, we have to... I'm not sure that we necessarily want a bunch of welders sitting in the middle of the Riverside <laughs> Park, but uh, um, but but uh, the point is the point is made and it's taken on my part that that if we have um, activities which we obviously uh, 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 would like to see that that are going to help the community as a whole and particularly those that are um, um, more marginalized than the average individual in the community, then why not? But it's something that we'd have to have a discussion with through the Parks and Rec Board. Um, et cetera, and then through civic operations, and then on to council from there. Well, it's uh, 4.58, so it's about time to wrap things up. I'll ask one question that I have on my radar, and that's just in regards to the climate action plan. We got some um, consultation sessions, virtual sessions coming up next week. I know you've been pretty vocal about the plan overall itself. Uh, Why do you want people to participate in that uh, consultation session, get those public feedbacks, and and, uh, just, um, you know, what do you want to hear? I guess, uh, what, what, what is on your mind? What do you think people should be saying in regards to this plan and, and giving their two cents? Well, I can't, I can't say what they should be saying, but what I can say is, is they should be saying something. The point is, is that we have all these plans and generally have very little input from the public and yet are, are told that we don't have enough public engagement. The opportunities are there, so I want to hear one way or the other what your feelings are with regard to climate action. Uh, you know, I think it's, from my personal point of view, I feel that we don't have the luxury to deny the fact that there is climate change. We don't have the luxury to sit on our laurels and not do something about it. But we need the help from the community to to help us determine exactly what course of action we should take. Dieter, thank you so much for taking the time here to join me today. I really do appreciate it. It's been a great discussion. We've got a lot of different uh, avenues covered here. So really appreciate this. Uh, uh, We'll do it again at some point down the road. But thanks so much for joining me here in April. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. That was Councillor Dieter Judy. He is the Deputy Mayor for the Kamloops City Council for the month of April. You've been listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown, located at 4th and Victoria. Thank you to everyone who participated. I got a bunch of calls, a bunch of texts. I didn't get to all the texts. I got one sitting in front of me here that just came in from uh, John D. Um, I got another one here from another individual who's asking whether I prefer texts or phone calls. 
either works. Uh, feel free to chime in any way, shape, or form. We'll do the next one at the last Wednesday of May, and I'm looking forward to that as well. But again, thank you so much for everyone for uh, taking the time to write a question, submit something, and uh, maybe at some point down the road I'll be able to come up with some kind of a, a prize or something for participation. I, I, I hope we can work something out in that regard. All right, it is 5 o'clock, so i got to get to your news. And one more time, just a shout-out to Councillor Dieter Duty. Thank you so much for the time.